Amen. How you guys doing? Doing good? If we have not met, my name is Greg Hendricks. I'm the campus pastor at East County, and you are at the Rock Church, and we are so happy that you're with us today. Why don't we give the Lord a shout of praise in this place this morning? Would you guys mind all standing with me as we pray? I'd like to welcome all the people tuning in, all our multi-site city highs, San Ysidro, up now in San Marcos, all our microsites and online, all our military. Let's give them a round of applause as well. So glad that you're with us. Let's posture our hearts towards the Lord today and, and, and give him praise because I believe today you're going to have an opportunity to see him more clearly in the midst of your season. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you that you're faithful, God. We come before you today wanting to see you even more clearly. God, I pray for those in this room who need a fresh word this morning, that they would encounter your love like no other, that it would transform them, transform them, God, to more in your image. In Jesus' name and all this family said. Hey, give the person next to you a high five. Tell them Merry Christmas and welcome to church. So glad to be with you today. Uh, again, my name is Greg Henders. I am the East County Campus Pastor. I know East County is going crazy right now out there, and they're just so excited. I've got some, got some friends and family in the building. But uh, I came from a background. I was born and raised here from San Diego, and I came from a background. I, I played uh, basketball. I played in college, Division I. And then I had aspirations, just like any other basketball player, to play professionally. And during the midst of my journey of becoming a professional athlete, one of the most scary things for an athlete is to have a almost career-ending injury or an injury itself that sets you back. And during the time and the height of my basketball career, I actually did have an injury. And it, and it did set me back. And it, and it threw me for a loop because at this time, I didn't know the Lord and have a relationship with God. I believed in God, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus and I was very, very, very thrown for a loop when this happened to me. I ended up tearing my knee. I tore my ACL. And for an athlete, that is almost like a death sentence to your career. But little did I know that in the midst of my not only physical pain, my emotional pain and my mental pain, that God was doing something more bigger. And so the title of my sermon today is I can see clearly now. How to see God more clearly in the midst of your pain. A lot of us in this room deal with pain and the holiday is upon us and we love the holiday because we get to celebrate it with family and friends and that's a beautiful, beautiful expression. But a lot of us, for a lot of us, not only on all the uh, sites, uh, not only in this room, but not only on, um, on the microsites and online, but a lot of us, okay, experience more pain during the holiday than we do joy. Or we know people that around this time, they're going through pain in their life. So today I'm going to bring you a word on how for all of you to see God more clearly in the midst of your pain. How to really call upon him and see him clearly when the world is dictating that you should see it through this lens. But when you see it through the lenses of heaven, that there's healing, there's redemption, there's freedom, 
and there's rejuvenation in the name of Jesus. Come on. So turn with me to Luke 24. Luke 24. Again, title of the sermon is I Can See Clearly Now. And the, and the heart behind it is that how to see God clearly in the midst of your pain. If you have a pen, I would pull it out because the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you in this. I know he is. There's an anointing on this word, and I believe that anointing is for you. And some of you in here may not be going through pain, but you may be connected to someone who is going through pain. So if you receive that word, your job is to take that word and go deliver it to this person. Come on. Luke 24, you guys with me? Say amen. Luke 24, verse 13. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. The title of this passage is The Road to Emmaus. About seven miles from Jerusalem and talking with each other about all the things that had happened. Verse 15, while they were there talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still looking sad. Let me, let me read you the, R, the, the RJV version. What are you guys talking about when you walk in here? You're like, RJV, what's that? That's the Rick James version for some of you guys on the don't know that, so I, I got the Rick James. You might have the KJV. I got the RJV, okay? Let's keep it moving. Then one of them named, whose name was Cleophas, everybody say Cleophas, answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? And he asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed and were before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes. And besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. You have a scenario here where two guys are walking on a road. And they're walking and their pain is not allowing them to even see that the Messiah is walking with them. A lot of us in our lives, when we go through pain, sometimes can't see that God is walking right alongside of you. God was walking with these dudes and, and, and first of all, if I'm walking with my boy and we're walking and the guy just walks up, I'm immediately turning like, what? who are you? You know, like, but their pain was masking them. And, and, and essentially what they were doing, he said, he said where were you at? For some of you in here that uses slanguage, okay, slang, language, slanguage, okay, it, it translates in, where was you at, man? They were walking with God, and they were saying, where was you at? Don't you know what happened here? Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he's the one who been crucified. They're telling Jesus this. Their pain is masking the fact that God is walking with them. A lot of us in this room deal with the same thing. Maybe going through trials and tribulations, and we don't see necessarily God in the midst of it. But I'm going to give you three points today to allow you to see God more clearly in the midst of your pain. Point number one, write this down. You want to draw near to him. You want to draw near to him. Allowing yourself to draw near to God helps adjust your sight 
and heart in the midst of your drama. Allowing yourself to draw near God helps adjust your sight and heart in the midst of your drama. How many of you in here have drama in your life sometime, occasionally? I know I do. Okay, I'll raise both my hands for some of you that ain't being honest in here. We have drama in our life, but here's the thing. In order for God to draw near, you need to allow that in your life. You say, you know what, God, here I am. I'm really dealing with some confusion. I'm really dealing with some pain. And I'm really dealing with the fact that I can't see you clearly right now. These two guys were walking on the road, and they had just went through a traumatic thing. Jesus the Messiah was just killed and crucified. It's the third day, the day that he is supposed to rise from the grave, and they did not see that. So they're walking in their sorrow on the road like, man, he said he was going to do this. It didn't happen. I can't believe it. They're letting their circumstance dictate the lens that they're seeing resurrection through. But here's the thing. When you allow yourself to live through the lens of the world, you will really deafen yourself to live through the lenses of heaven. And God wants you to live and see through the lenses of heaven. Psalms 145.18 says, the Lord is near to all. Everybody say to all. Not to some. Not to maybe this person. To all who call upon him. To all who call upon him in truth. You call upon him. Not call upon Instagram. Not call upon Facebook to make you feel good, not call upon this person to pump you up. You call upon him in truth. These guys, in the midst of their campaign, the Bible says that they were walking in sadness. And then Jesus draws near. And then they start pouring out their heart to him. Now, it's funny because the guy who answered God in that passage, his name was Cleophas. And Cleophas translated means to see the glory of God. He couldn't see the glory of God, obviously, at that time because his pain was projecting him into a place that was not allowing the spirit to see clearly that God was walking with them. Some of us in this room or online or at the microsite campuses, wherever it may be, some of you may feel that same way when you're walking and you're trying to talk and you're like, God, I can't see you. I can't hear you. And then you start making uh, assumptions about things. And, and, well, didn't you hear what happened? Just like these two guys, didn't you hear what happened? He was supposed to rise on the third day. They were making assumptions that God was not going to fulfill his promises. Some of us in this room, some of us online, some of us at the campuses, a lot of us in here, you're reading out of the book of First Assumptions 316. That's not even a book in the Bible, a.k.a. You're, 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 you're making your own assumption about what God is doing in the midst of the situation. Funny thing is, is so, you know, like I said, I played professional basketball and I tore my knee. And at that time, I was working out with the Seattle Supersonics at that time. And this was before they had moved to Oklahoma City and they, they were there. And I got a chance to work out with these guys. So I was around the NBA a lot. So I tore my knee. And I was like, man, this is a death sentence. And I would go down there and I would work out and, and one of the coaches said, hey, you know what, we can really use some help. Won't you come and become a volunteer assistant for us in the NBA? What? I get to go in the NBA? Here I am, I'm thinking I'm going to get a chance to get in and be in as a player, but I got to be in and be as a coach. 
Little did I see that God was doing and stirring something that was going to be greater down the line. So I got in there, right, and I met a guy. I'm just going to call him Mike. His name is Mike, okay? Met a guy, and this is the first time I ever met a man who was walking with God at that time, at that level. And I, I remember this as clear as that. We were playing the Los Angeles Lakers. Game day. Kobe Bryant's on the team. Kobe Bryant. Every guy, you guys know Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant's killing us. Bucket after bucket after bucket. He was scoring basket after basket after basket after basket. And I'm sitting on the sideline right next to the bench. Next to my friend who's a Christian, really walking with God, seeing God clearly. And a man who was not walking with God and did not see God clearly. So Kobe Bryant's killing us. And my boy's like, hey, man, come on, guys, you can do it. He's very encouraging. Come on, guys, you can do it. You can do it. Come on, I try. we believe in you. Come on, keep working hard, keep working hard. And the other dude right next to him, man, how can you talk about this, man? Man, this is terrible, man. We're getting killed out here. It's going back and forth, back and forth. How many of you got that voice in your life? Oh, man, you Christian. I can't believe you. I can't believe you. Oh, you know, God's not with you. You're going through pain right now. You think your God is going to feel you? How many of you got that voice in your life? I know I do. So they're arguing back and forth, back and forth on the bench. This goes on for 15 minutes, and I'm sitting there not even paying attention to the game at this point. I'm looking at them arguing. My man who's a Christian who walks with God in the midst of not playing one minute on the court, busting his butt in practice day in, day out, day in, day out, he saw God more clearly in this moment. This is what happened. They're arguing, and I'm watching them. For 15 minutes, Kobe's killing us. And they're arguing, arguing, arguing. And finally, my man, without even breaking stride, he says, man, how can you, how can you, how can you even talk about this stuff? My man said, because I have Jesus Christ in my life and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And you need to have the Lord in your life, brother. And he just kept going and paid right back attention to the game. And I'm like this. And then the one dude who was arguing with him turned around and looked at me. And I'm like, oh, I ain't paying attention. I ain't even know. You know what's going on. The fact of the matter is, my brother, who was a follower of Jesus, saw God clearly in the midst of his pain, even when someone else was trying to drown out that pain. He knew who God was, and he didn't let anyone compromise that in his heart. God wants the same thing for all of you in this room. There's going to be voices. There's going to be a situation. There's going to be trauma. Okay, the Bible states very clearly that that is going to happen. But in order for us to see God more clearly, we need to invite him in. Second thing we need to do, write this down. Point number two is exactly that, invite him in. When you invite God in, you have a greater ability to see and live again. When you invite God in, you have a greater ability to see and live again. Matthew 5, 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Everybody say, see God. Pure in heart doesn't mean perfect. Pure in heart, when you look up the definition, it means honest, truthful throughout, from core to surface. Just be honest with God. God, I, I, I'm having a hard time right now, but I'm inviting you in. I'm having a hard time believing the fact that you're there with me but I'm inviting you in. God, I don't understand why she is wearing that hoochie mama dress, but I'm inviting you in because I want to minister to her. 
God, I don't understand why this would happen, but I'm inviting you in. When you invite God in, you start to see, okay, you start to see and you live again. In order to see clearly, we need to surrender fully. In order to see clearly, you need to surrender fully to what God has for you. Pain is real, but so is hope, family. Pain is real, but so is hope. Can I get an amen in this place? Don't let your pain define your situation. Let God refine your situation. When you allow God to refine your situation, you'll start to see, oh, pain ain't got nothing on me. I got Christ in me. Pain ain't got nothing on this situation. Pain's not going to dictate. People are not going to dictate me being, sharing my faith or walking with God. It's going to allow me to be a light and not be in the flesh. You know, um, when, I, when, I, when I was uh, doing this uh, cruise thing, this was a couple years ago, I was down on this beach and we were with this guy and this guy was talking crazy about our Lord and Savior, crazy. I was getting in my flesh. I was like, Lord, man, I don't know about this right now. I don't know if I'm Christian anymore, but this guy is getting on my nerves. How many times you've had that go on in your life? I mean, I'm just being real up in here. I'm keeping it 100, as in 100% honest. And this guy was going on and on about our Lord saving. He was drunk. He'd been drinking a little bit. Oh, man, you know, you Christians. <laughs> I can't believe you're in here. Because me and my boy we were on the beach and we were praying. We were talking about God, talking about the Lord, how good he was, how faithful he was. And this guy was just going on and on and on about our Lord and Savior. And I said, man, God, I don't know what to do. I'm feeling kind of eh right now. And you know what, God, I wish, I wish you just would do something. Two seconds later, no lies, true story. Two seconds, oh, 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 oh. And he falls back on his back. Falls flat on his back, boom. Now on his back, before he fell, I noticed he had this huge tattoo on his back. And, it, and the top half of his back was the angels. But the majority of his back was from probably a little bit above all the way down to his waist was demons. It was, it was, it was a thing of like hell. It was crazy. And I was like, man, God, that's kind of crazy looking. He falls on his back, boom, in the sand. And he gets up and I look and this is what I saw right here. Look what he did. Look what God did. Now, here's the deal. Leave that up. Here's the deal. What you don't notice is that the sand is blotted out. All the demons left the angels and just had a cross over the demons. Come on, somebody. I, 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 that story, to me, blew me away because God was saying, I got grace for that person. But here's the thing. If you're in your flesh and you're not seeing God clearly, you won't be able to see the glory of God. And here's the best part about that story. After he got up, I saw that. I, first of all, I took a picture. I was like, Lord, I hear you. I see you right now. I'm seeing you real clearly, obviously. <laughs> I walk over there. I start talking to him. I end up sharing the Lord with him. He ended up giving his life to Christ right there on the beach. But if you are allowing your pain to dictate how God will speak to you, how God, how you can see God clearly, you will miss opportunities to do stuff like that. Or you may miss an opportunity just to know him by inviting him in. And if you don't know him, you may miss that entirely, period. But God says, I want you to see more clearly. So the beauty 
of the road to Emmaus, these guys are walking. They speak with God. God opens the scriptures up to them. And then it, it transitions to verse 28. Check this out. This is where their eyes are open. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly saying, stay with us. Everybody say, stay with us. Because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open. Everybody say, their eyes were open. And they recognized him and he vanished from their sights. They said to each other, they said to other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking with us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures up to us? That's holy heartburn for some of you that don't know what they were. not our hearts burn? That's holy heartburn right there, okay? That's good heartburn. That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem and they found the 11 and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed and he has appeared to Simon. They told what had happened on the road. And how he, had been, how he had been made known to them in the breaking of bread. They invited him in. Hey, don't walk any further. Come on in, man. Sit with us. Sit with us. It's getting dark. Sit with us. And Jesus is like, okay, I'm going to come on in. God comes in. They start talking. They break bread. And they're together in community. I got news for you in here. Community is important to God. Being with other believers is important to God. Why? Because it's beneficial for you. If you're not in a D group, if you're not in an R group, if you're not serving in Toys for Joy, listen, it's not to get you to do something. It's to get you to be with someone. That's why he has you here. That's why community is important. It's all throughout the scriptures. The five loaves and two fish is embodying that community is important. Receiving blessing is important in community. Why? Because it multiplies faster. It multiplies faster. Come on, somebody. Point number three, write this down. Breaking bread. Breaking bread with God and others strengthens us to focus on truth during tribulation. Breaking bread with God. Everybody say God and others strengthens us to focus on truth during tribulation. Acts 2.46 says, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. To be in community allows you to be stronger to see God more clearly. These two guys who were walking down this path, the first thing they did was vent their frustrations. God, you, this was supposed to happen on this third day, but it didn't happen. We're, we're frustrated. We're, we're sad and we lost hope. And Jesus starts talking to him. Then they invited him in. He opens up the scriptures to him. They invited him in. Then they break bread and they're in community. Again, if you are not in community, not serving, not being plugged in, you are sitting target. The enemy wants to divide you and keep you separate by yourself. That's his game plan. I'm telling you right now, if he can keep you divided or give you another vision other than God's vision, that's essentially what division is. When he divides you. Because when you have division, it's exactly that. The vision of God over your life essentially dies because you're by yourself. But when you have community and you're in community here, and you're in community here, 
and you're in community right here, God says, I'm going to let you see me more clearly. I have that for you. I have that for all of you in this room. The filters on your life can drown out the faithfulness in your life. The filters on your life can drown out his faithfulness in your life. He's been faithful from the very beginning. He's walking with you right now. Some of us in here, some of us online, some of us at the campuses, you're going to have an opportunity at the end to say, you know what, I want to see clearly and I want to walk with him. You're going to get that a little bit later. No need, okay, there's no need for you to be in your flesh when you can be in the spirit. There's no need for that. The Bible says that the flesh is weak, okay, I mean, excuse me, yeah, that when you are in your flesh, you're weak, but when you're in the spirit, you have power. Some of us in here, we're walking in our flesh and we see people and you start, you start, oh, I'm on my way to church and the person cut me off and you said something derogatory, but then you come in, you raise your hands, you praise God and you're worshiping, okay, and, and then you say, you know what, but he cut me off, pastor, so I had to say something. I read it in the book of 2 Fleshalonians. <laughs> Fleshalonians is not even in the Bible. You're making up your own assumptions. You're making up your own idea of what God has for your life. But when you're in pain, and it's in the moment, the pain that you're going through today can be the thing that fuels you for your destiny tomorrow. You have to believe that God has a plan for your life. The pain that you are feeling today can be the fuel that propels you to your destiny tomorrow. And I understand it's hard for us at times to give God everything. God, here, here you go. I'll put it in your hands. But when we learn how to leave everything in God's hand, we will eventually see God's hand in everything. I'm going to say that again. I think that breathes by. When we learn how to leave everything in God's hand, we will eventually see God's hand in everything. Can I get an amen? God wants to have his hand in everything that you're doing. These two guys are walking on the road with Jesus. They don't even recognize because the pain is drowning out the vision, the clear vision of what God has for your life. I talk about my boy who was playing for the Lakers. This guy had a vision of who God was in his life that the dude on the bench was not dictating how he should feel. Him not playing was not dictating how he should feel. And the crazy part about that is that his integrity in that moment allowed him to now have a job with that same team. They say, hey, you know what, we want to have you around because there's something that you have that just makes our team better. You know they're talking about Jesus. Come on, somebody. They're talking about Jesus. They won't say it openly. But they're talking about Jesus. Me blowing my knee out. Little did I know, little did I know that God was walking with me in the midst of that. Because if I didn't blow my knee out, I would not have a chance to rehab with the Sonics. I would not have had a chance to be on the bench and see that conversation. And I would not have had a chance to have the seed of God planted in my heart that would sprout, would allow me to bring the gospel to you today. Jesus is beautiful. He's beautiful. And sometimes we cannot clearly see that because our pain is masking and our pain is dictating how we should see things. When God says, 
I'm giving you eyes to see. I'm giving you ears to hear. Son, daughter, come closely. Come to me. I got better for your life. Oh, man, I, I, don't, I don't qualify. I don't know the Bible and I, don't, and, and, and I, make, I make mistakes. And, 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 and God says, you're qualified. Come on. Come on home. I got you. Some of us in here want a word from God. Oh, man, I want a prophetic word. I, want, uh, I don't even know what a prophetic word means. I just want to hear from God. Some of us want, want a prophetic word from God without reading the word of God. You can't get a prophetic word, word from God without reading the word of God. You want, you want a prophetic word? I'm going to give you five prophetic words right now. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the book of Acts. Right there. Start there. There's five words for you right now that you can read and dive into and see destiny for your life. Some of us in here, we don't, we, some of us um, online and at the campuses and even in this room, we don't pray. We don't pray. We don't get on our knees. Listen, the battle is won on your knees before it's lived out on your feet. That's where the battle is won. It's, on, it's in your quiet times. Like, God, I don't get it. I don't understand. But, Lord, I know you're going to do something powerful. And I receive it. Prayer transforms people. Prayer impacts the situation, but more importantly, it transforms the person who's doing it. You want to have a transformed life? It's time to start getting on your knees and saying, God, here I am. I'm praying. I need this. But here's the deal. And I'm going to close with this. Some of us don't see it like that. We don't see God as clearly as we ought to. But God is saying, I'm giving you fresh vision today. I'm allowing you to see me more clearly today by doing three things. And I'm going to reiterate what those are. You draw near to him. You invite him in. And you break bread with him. You draw near to him. You invite him in. Invite him in here. Not just here. Invite him in right here. Invite him in here. You break bread with him in private and you break bread with him in community. You break bread with him, with other people, you will start to see God more clearly in the midst of your pain. I want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. For some of you in this room, this room and online and all the campuses and the microsites, you're saying that, man, I, I, I don't see him clearly, but I, I understand I have to do these three things. And if I do these three things, that's my starting point. Some of you in here need a fresh start or don't know the Lord. But here's the thing. Out of all the stuff we talked about today, the most important part of our time together is not the music. It's not the preaching. It's your response to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you through both of those things. What's your response? Is your response, yes, God, here I am? Or is it, I don't know, I'm going to try to do it my way? So I want you to pray this prayer in the privacy of your heart. Say, dear God, I love you. And I thank you that today I got to see three things that will help me see you more clearly. But God, I'm a sinner. God, I want to see you more clearly. So today, God, I'm surrendering fully to you and I'm responding to you. Jesus, come into my heart. 
I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer in the privacy of your heart, I'm going to ask you to stand up on the count of three. And then we're going to cheer for you as you come forward because you're basically stating that God, you're faithful, and I believe that you have destiny for my life. So on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand. If you pray that prayer in the privacy of your heart, one, get your heart ready. Two, it's time to respond to the Holy Spirit. Three, stand to your feet in this place. God bless you. God bless you.